All right, we're back. Welcome to the podcast. It's Mark Joseph Bennett. Here's the story. In case you didn't read the title of the podcast, I'm pretty sure I'm titling it Fight with a Special Needs Kid. I don't think that's going to get flagged by like Apple Podcasts or anything like that, right? Fight with a Special Needs Kid. I didn't say, let's go beat up a Special Needs Kid. I just said, fight with one. And it wasn't my fight, obviously. It was my... So here's the story, all right? My kid, my oldest, Sam, and by oldest, I mean he's two, because I have two children under the age of three, and my life is a living hell. No, it's it's great. It really is great. If you don't have kids and you want kids, let me assure you, it's the greatest thing you can do. Now, if you don't have kids and you think you might not want kids, don't do it, for God's sake. It is something you got to go into full on, like, because that's it. Your life's gone. It's got, Maybe I'll get it back when they go to school or when they're 30. I don't know, but it is gone. And because you don't give a shit about yourself anymore. You just care about them. Your hopes, your dreams. Not that your dreams mattered. Most people's dreams are stupid. I've talked about that on this podcast before, including my own. I like telling jokes. Do you? I want to go around the world telling poo jokes. Wow. What a contributor to society. Well done, my friend. Any hoozles. What I'm saying is having kids is hard, but it's worth it if you want them. If you don't want them, don't let someone trick you into them. Okay? Don't do it till you're ready. My wife wanted to have kids a few years before me, but I didn't let her trick me. No, sir. I waited until I was good and goddamn ready. And let me tell you something. I'm glad I did. Because this, this shit is hard, right? Case in point, this story. So the oldest one, we're sending them to nursery school three days a week for two hours, trying to get him acclimatized to you know, the world. He lives in a bubble in our apartment in Toronto, Canada, loving his life because he runs the show. He, you know, he says, jump, we say how high. That's how it works. He's our first. We're trying to do everything we can to make him happy. Everything we can to protect him. We're trying not to spoil him, but obviously that's exactly what we're doing. So we're trying to just, you know, make him an actual citizen. Take him to this. And I was I was against it. My, my wife was the one pushing for it. She said, you know, he needs to get out there. He needs to start uh, learning how to interact with other people. You know, we need a break from time to time. We've got, we'll have this new baby coming. You know, and he's not going to get the attention that he once got, so he should have his own thing. Let's, you know, it all made sense. And then we started the nursery school, and God damn it, my wife was right. Everything was going swimmingly. He, I mean, he cried, of course, when I dropped him off the first day, but apparently as soon as I left, he stopped crying. And he just started, like, playing with shit. He, he loves it there. He, you can tell he likes it. He pretends he doesn't want to go. He always says, I don't want to go. And then, like, he'll put on his coat and his and his boots and he'll walk down the hallway. You know, he's saying, like, hey, I don't want to go, but let's go. Elevator's here. I don't want to go, but quick in the car, you know. So I can tell he really likes it. At least likes it. All of a sudden, you know, about, he's about, uh, at this point, he was in about a month and a half, maybe two months into the daycare. Seemingly, nursery school, sorry. Seemingly. Everything is just just friggin' banging on all cylinders. He's doing great. Everyone loves him. 
life of the party. Who you know, he's my son, right, guys? He's gonna be awesome. He's gonna be entertaining. He's gonna be charismatic. Apparently, that is a thing he does. Is that um, you know, he's not big on interacting with other children. He's very reserved. He's very quiet. But then when they sit around at circle time, and you know they're all gathered together, he'll just stand up and get in the middle of the circle and start singing. Like, my name is Sam. How is everybody doing? You know, that's fucking, it's great. Oh, I just said there's a, there's this couple in, in our building that I'm kind of friends with. And, uh, yeah, they just saw me screaming into a microphone in my car. Well, I guess we're not friends anymore. Ah, well, it was fun while it lasted. I think I'm such a weirdo. And I am, right? Because my dreams are stupid. God damn it. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. So, where was I before I got hella embarrassed? Oh, yeah, so he stands up singing, you know? So that, 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 that's from his dad. You know, that? I need an audience. Oh, uh, you people are gathered? You're a captive? Well... It's my time to shine. Apparently he's been doing that, which is funny to me. Anyway, so there's this kid in the class, and uh, let's call him uh, Teddy, because that's his name. Why, why wouldn't I mention his name? You know, you'll hear the story. There's no reason not to mention his name. So his name's Teddy. And uh, this kid, he's, he's special needs. I don't exactly know what the issues are, but he's got a little tracheotomy. Uh, tube like in to help him breathe just right in the old throat like he's a like he's a chain smoker you know it's that same type of thing and he can't speak you know because i don't know i'm assuming the tracheotomy tube is a, is a problem and uh apparently he doesn't have a ton of muscle tone so he he kind of falls on people and that that's what they told me because like i was saying about Two months in to the daycare, he just changed his attitude. Just changes my my boy Sam. He he starts panicking about going. Say so he doesn't want to go. Hysterical. We actually had to keep him home because he was freaking right out. We're like, what in the fuck? What's happening here? And um, then he starts saying, you know, Teddy hurt my arm. Teddy hurt my arm, and I don't want to go. Teddy's going to be there. I don't want to go. You know that that sounds that's pretty clear to me. That sounds like there's a problem with this Teddy. So I, I, I have to address it. I go, I go to the, the woman who runs the place. I'm like, so uh, we got to talk. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure we do. And I sit down and I'm like, so he's saying that uh, he's afraid of Teddy. Literally the words are, I don't want to go. I'm afraid of Teddy. And she's like, yeah, there was an incident. I'm like, well, thanks for bringing that up. I'm glad that I had to drag it out of you. But to be fair, I, yeah, anyway. Personally, I guess I, I guess their thought was there was a thing that happened. It's best not to blow it out of proportion. You know, the, everybody seems fine. But when I said, you know, he's... But the thing is, my, my kid, he's, he's two and a half. And his verbal skills are pretty good. For a two-and-a-half-year-old, there are some two-and-a-half-year-olds that can't tell you when something went wrong at daycare. So I hope that these people at least 
will tell the parents, hey, by the way, the reason your kid is freaking out right now, even though he can't tell you, is because something happened, and here's what it is. Anyway, Sam ratted her out like a fucking, you know, like a good rat. Came in, he was like, I'm afraid of Teddy. So now I'm sitting down with the woman who runs the place, and and she said, yeah, the incident, so here's what happened. They've been interacting, you know, Teddy likes Sam because Sam's quiet and Teddy's quiet. And let me tell you something. I saw this kid day one when I got there and he was jumping on some other kid and just tackling him to the ground. And I was like, it seems weird. And it uh, turns out somebody told me, one of the other parents, that, that they were that was his cousin. He was tackling his cousin and that's how they play all the time. I'm like, okay. Still didn't like didn't really sit well with me knowing that Sam is such a passive child and there's a kid who tackles people in the class, but they were like, it's just his cousin. That's the only person he interacts with. He he won't talk to other kids. So I'm like, all right. And then sure enough, that was what was fucking going on. So this this uh, he, he started taking a liking to Sam and then Sam is just playing, minding his own business. And this kid just jumps on him and and. What they were telling me is that he doesn't have any muscle control, so he flops on you and he falls falls down. So he and he drags you to the ground. I was like, so he jumped on Sam's back and dragged him to the ground. He's a year older than Sam and bigger, obviously, because he's a year older, and that's thirty three percent of Sam's life. So, and I'm like, okay. He did what now? I said, because he also said that he hurt his arm. And they were like, yeah, that was an incident that happened like early on. He, Teddy grabbed his arm, but he has no muscle, muscle tone. So it couldn't have hurt. It couldn't have hurt him. It was, and I'm like, yeah, is this, this muscle tone story that you're telling me, is this true? Is to me. Anyway. So I say to her, well, like, I mean, he's terrified to come here. It's like having a bully in the class. You know, he, he thinks he thinks that he's going to get attacked. And it and and they're like, yeah, and Teddy is just because he's special needs. It's hard to communicate. And he doesn't really understand. Like when we tell him that everyone needs their space and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't matter to Sam. My kid, he do, just because you can't communicate with the other ones like because he has special needs. It, it doesn't make it any better for Sam. For Sam, he sees a monster who's in the class attacking him at every turn. If his back is turned for one second, he's going to get jumped on and his head pile-drived into the floor. Yeah, that's yeah, but he's special needs, so it's okay. You know, it's not okay because the kid just because the kid has special needs. It's the same difference. If he wasn't, spe- the thing is, it makes it so much worse when they're special needs because they're all two three and four years old in 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 the class so if if he was a normal kid you'd be able to tell him hey if you act like that you're out of here you're getting booted from the program but this kid they they can't do that so so everybody's treating them special but that doesn't help my kid who now has an anxiety disorder right so i am fucking pissed this goddamn special needs kid. I mean, I feel sort of bad for him, but not really. Because my kid hasn't done anything to you. He's just playing by himself and getting attacked. And yet, and I'm supposed to be like, oh, poor kid has special needs. So, you know, it's not great. It's too bad. We all understand. No, we don't understand. You have to stop this. So I told her. I said, listen now. And she's a great person. Don't get me wrong. 
Don't let my tone make it sound like I hate her. The woman who runs this place is fantastic. Uh, and, and that's why I was, that's why I was talking to her. Cause if it had been anybody else, I would have just yanked him straight from the school immediately. And, but I'm so, I, I believe in this woman. I'm like, we have got to find a solution to this, you know, cause he needs to have a safe environment. He can't be, you know, I said, so how was he today? She said, well, he kept looking over his shoulder and saying, Teddy's not going to, Teddy's not coming over here. Teddy's not coming over here. He's, and I said, that's no way to live. She's like, no, it isn't. She said, so it's difficult. And we've tried to teach Sam to say, no, Teddy, back up. I need my space, you know, and uh, and he tries, but Teddy doesn't really listen. And he, he leans on you and he's got the muscle tone thing. I'm like, yes, this muscle tone thing. Right. That's what it is. And I said, well, you know, what are we going to do? She said, well, the problem is, is that if he just can't even be in the same room with Teddy, then we're going to have, you know, uh, an issue. So basically, almost admitting that maybe you should stop bringing him here, you know? Even though, personally, I felt like the solution was kick Teddy out. You know, my kid's not doing anything wrong. Why do we have to leave? So anyway, I am fucking pissed, and I'm just home going, I, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do here? I'm telling my wife. And uh, and I said, I'm teaching him how to fight. Honest to Christ. And my wife laughed at me. And she said, you're going to teach him how to fight? I said, yes, I will. And I tried, right? I uh, I kept saying, like, we, we kept role-playing that I was Teddy. And and I, I said, and if I come near you, you you uh, you push me. You know, push me away. And Sam just thought it was hilarious. He just loved this game. He kept saying, you be Teddy. You be Teddy. You be Teddy, and I'll push you. You be Teddy. I'm like, I don't think this kid's getting it. And so, uh, all of a sudden, uh, we're in the elevator. You know, I'm going to do laundry. Sam is coming to be my little helper, my little laundry helper. You know, I'm stressed out. I'm trying not to trying not to give that to him. I'm sure he can pick up on it. Because uh, I don't know what to do, you know. And um, Sam pushes my legs and goes, bulldozer, and he pushes my legs. And I'm like, that... Sam, that. And he looks at me like wide-eyed, like, what? what? What did I do? I'm like, if Teddy comes near you, you say, bulldozer. And you push him. Because when he pushed my legs, it was pretty forceful. Because he, he knows what a bulldozer does. And uh, I'm like, that's what you do. If Teddy comes near you, you say, bulldozer. And you push him as hard as you can. And he went, okay. And I'm like, there's no way he listens. There's just no way he's listening to me about this. So we drag him the next day to nursery school, freaking out. I'm afraid of Teddy. I don't want to go. I'm going to get hurt. I don't want to go. Like, breaking our fucking hearts. Honest to God. We we just, I it's killing me. I'm almost bailing. I'm about to turn the car around. And uh, I'm like, no, we'll just, we'll go one more day. The people at the place, they promised me that, he was going to be fine. He was going to be safe. They were going to make sure they were going to do stop it if it ever happened. I talked to all the volunteer parents who worked there. I did individually. I talked to them. I said, if you see that kid, go near my kid. You know, you stop it. And they were like, yes, he does seem to tackle people. I'm like, yes, he does, doesn't he? And they were all on my side, at least I think. You know, because they see Sam. He's so gentle. He's so fucking nice. Anyway. We drag him to the goddamn nursery school. 
And uh, we drop him off. Tears, panic. We leave him there like we're, like we're fucking sociopaths. We go about our day. And then we, uh, we're walking back to, to pick him up at, uh, a couple hours later. And my wife says, imagine if Sam actually listened to you. I'm like, I know. It would be the greatest thing of all time. But, I mean, he, it's, he's clearly not listening to me. He's terrified. And, uh, and this, we're just going to have to go take him out of this school. We show up. And the, the teacher... The lady who runs the place, she comes up to us. She goes, so today, Teddy came up to Sam, and Sam shoved him on his bum. And I was like, um. Now, inside, I'm like, you're goddamn right he did. You're fucking, fuck that kid. You're shoving right on his asshole. That's exactly what you do. But, But I'm... A member of society, so I I put my hand over my mouth, feigned like a shock. I went, "Oh, that's what I did." I literally made that sound. I was like, "Oh, oh, oh my!" That's what I said. "Oh my!" Like I'm some kind of friggin' 18th century Victorian lady. "Oh my!" And my wife is just she's just frozen because we we've clearly done this, and uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about the world. But you shouldn't teach your child to, uh, you know, beat up a special needs kid. You shouldn't do it. That's that that that's pretty much the rules of society, as far as I know. But let me, but let me tell you something. I I I stand by it. So, so I, I'm standing there. Oh my, did he? Well. And I'm looking at the teacher. I'm waiting to hear her say, so he's, you know, so Sam's going to be removed from the program and you go, blah, blah, blah. And she breaks out in this huge smile. She goes, it was amazing. And then me and Sarah and the teacher, we laugh and we laugh. She was like, it's just, it was the best thing that could have happened. Because she's a reasonable human being, right? What happened was, there's this kid whether or not it's his fault, it's it's not his fault. However, his actions are are ones that have consequences. You know, my boy's important too. And so this kid, he learned you get near him, you get near my little Sam, you're getting shoved on your ass. Boom, you're going to end up ass down on the concrete. So I said, you know, because I was actually a little bit concerned. I was like, but was Teddy hurt? And she was like, no, 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 not at all. He just, he got right back up, but he didn't lean on Sam again. I was like, you're fucking right he didn't. And that's, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, society, you can have all the shoulds that you want, but there's something to be said for giving someone a friggin' shove on their ass when they're being completely unreasonable when you just so i because i asked the teacher and she said he asked he said teddy i need my space back up i need my space and we were like oh good sam's using his words but of course teddy wasn't listening so then sam said okay boom and i was like you're fucking right and then so and i see i'm looking at sam because he's outside he's playing he's got this look in his eyes just a glint the, the kid is he's he's bouncing 
He's walking on air. It was, he looked like a thousand pound monkey had been lifted off his back. And now, since we, we've been talking to the teacher so long about stuff, almost everyone's cleared out. And the only people left is Sam and Teddy. And Teddy's worker, because he has a nurse with him. Because the nurse has to, you know, change his tube and, and shit. And uh, so this, so the nurse walks by, and then here, and Teddy walks by, and uh, Sam sees Teddy, literally takes a step toward him, puts up his hand and goes, Bye, Teddy! And Teddy kind of like sheepishly walks off and gives him a little wave. And I'm like, yeah, this kid, he fucking fixed it. The confidence, it, it, it skyrocketed. Now, I'm not saying this is the best thing that could have happened, all right? I still think that it might have left a bit of a scar on, on little Sam. But he fucking stood up for himself because his dad taught him to punch a special needs kid. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't regret it. I was, look, I'm doing a podcast about it, right? I'm proud of him. Now, I don't want this trend to continue. I don't want to see him trying to fight special needs kids as, as he ages, you know, unless for some reason he's getting constantly attacked by this section of society. I don't know what would have happened to make that occur, but it sounds like some kind of terrible apocalyptic movie. And since then, he has been just fantastic. So another incident happened, but not not with Teddy. It was uh, they were walking a little rope. The the workers take him outside, and they all have to hold on to a rope. And Sam's holding on to his section of the rope, which he was designated. This is your section. And some little girl decided that was her section. So she just tried to take the rope, and Sam said, back up. I need my space. I've been, I was told all this by the teacher. It was then, so this was the next session after Sam had stood up for himself. And, uh, she didn't listen when he said, back up, I need my space. And then she just grabbed that part of the rope from him. So Sam (laughs) shoved her on her asshole. And, um, once again, the teacher, she said, because the little girl, unlike Teddy, she could articulate. So she said, hey, teacher, Sam just shoved me. And the teacher said, well, did Sam ask you to back up and give him space? And she said, yeah. He said, and then did you take the rope anyway? And she said, yeah. She said, well, then maybe sometimes you get a shove. And I'm like, I fucking love this teacher. I fucking love her. Because... Like, that's how you handle that situation. You know? You got one kid minding his own business, following the rules, and then this other kid coming up doing shit. Now, if you're keeping score, my son has pushed a special needs kid and a girl. All right? So, you know, maybe, maybe overall, out of context, out of context, if, if you were to tell these stories without the surrounding stories, yeah, it sounds like my kid's a monster. You know, he's beating up girls and mentally challenged kids. 
But that's not what's happening. What's happening is he's just not letting the world push him around. And good on him. Me and my wife, we've been talking about this. We're way too nice, you know? No matter how awful a human being is to us, we're always like, it'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know? But not my kid. He's like, no, sit on your asshole. What do you think of that? Oh, it's great. Great stuff. The only problem is, is that um, right after that, he got the stomach flu. So, I mean, maybe that's karma for you. You know? Yeah. You know, you shove a handicapped kid and, uh, you know, God gives you the stomach flu. Is that how it works? I don't know. He had the stomach flu. We went, he probably got it from his cousins, would be my guess. I don't know. I mean, that stomach flu is going around everywhere. So God knows. It's just, his cousins had it for six days. Six days. And then we visited them, and uh, Sam ended up with the stomach flu. Six days. And so we, we weren't, we haven't been able to go to nursery school for that time. And it's a real shame because now that he has his, you know, his backbone. Backbone straightened up. I I really want. I was looking forward to you know him going to nursery school. He was excelling, and then today I actually had to go by myself to his nursery school because Sam was still at home recovering from his vomits. Poor little bastard. He lost like fifteen percent of his body weight, maybe twenty percent, and uh, just vomiting for six days. Jesus Christ. So um. I had to go because you can't go infecting the other kids, you know. (laughs) We don't want to add that to the thing Sam has brought to the daycare. You know, he shoved that girl and the mentally challenged kid, and then he uh, gave everybody uh, stomach flu. So we're we're really glad he joined up. Really glad. So I went there to uh, have our teacher, parent-teacher meeting, my first ever parent-teacher meeting. And, um... They told me about Sam, about the things he was good at. Shoving people under hole was not one of the categories. It's too bad. He'd be fucking gangbusters. He would have got a check mark in the yes category of that one. They said that's what it was. It was a sheet where they had yes, um, in in the process of, or no. And Sam was no on a few things that apparently he's too young to do. But my wife and I had the same reaction, which was, he, he should be able to do it. Our, our child's a genius. Don't tell me he can't identify letters in a matching game. All right? I'm sure he can do it. He just doesn't want to. All right? There were some shit that I know he can do, but he won't do it. Like So that was one of the things. She said he can't identify letters of the, of the alphabet. I'm like, he, I said to her, and I was trying not to be that parent who's arguing with her about everything. But I was like, he absolutely can. I show him letters of the alphabet. He tells me what they are. She's like, oh, well, he doesn't do it here. So anyway, today uh, he wanted to play with my basketball. So I said, okay, here's my basketball. What's the letters on it? And he was like, J. He was saying them all wrong. And I was, you know letters. What's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? And then I say, okay, I'm going to take the ball away unless you tell me what the actual letters are. And he went, N-B-A. And I'm like, you little shit. 
It's like a game he's playing. Like people ask him what the letters are, and he's like F A. He's like he's shagging around. That's fooling around for people not from Newfoundland. Shagging around. He's having a grand old time. And but the problem is the teachers don't know you're joking, Sam. Christ Almighty, you're making us look like idiots here. And he can't dress himself. So uh, they were like, that's fine. It'll come. And uh, he doesn't pour his own drinks. So she said, but it's great, though. He always asks an adult to come help him. Come help me get dressed. Pour my drink. Do my... I'm like, he, he's just making you his servant. Don't listen to him. Tell him to do it himself. That's the thing. He's a manipulator, this kid. And, I, and I'm fine with that. Proud of him. Delegate. Look around and go, these parents, these volunteers, these workers, you do it. Put my snack on this plate. Put my shoes on my feet. Blow my nose. The good little kid. Couldn't be prouder of my little sociopath. But his sickness, since his sickness, boy, he's been a whiny son of a bitch. Whining, whining, whining. I don't mean when he's sick. Like, now that it's over, he's still, like, he still maintains. He's keeping it up. Like, right now, he's upstairs screaming. I'm supposed, like, I tried to put him to bed, but he just, this fucking kid will not sleep. Oh, my God, he won't sleep. Anyway. Let's let's switch gears. We got the uh, Toronto Raptors. That game is on. It's actually, it's seven minutes in right now, but I have it paused. And so I'm going to wrap this podcast up soon so I can go up and enjoy that game. Well, watch them lose. You know, I love the Raptors, guys. I love the Toronto Raptors. I live in this city. Uh, But the idea of beating Golden State in this era, it doesn't seem possible. All right? And if they do, hey, hats off to them. I I will eat my hat as I give it off to them. But I just don't think it's going to happen. It was great that they won game one. Very impressed. Glad there was no sweep. Really happy about that. So I'm going to go watch that game. But I'll talk a little bit about the old comedy. The um... Oh, I can finally tell you guys. The Investors Group Comedy Tour. You guys don't know what that is, of course. But there's not very many comedy tours in Canada. And this is one of them. So it's a... It's a big deal for people in my circles. I'm very pleased that uh, I'll be joining Tim Nutt and Leonard Chan on this Ontario leg of the uh, Investors Group Tour. And nice shows, big theaters, sold out all the time. So uh, that'll be nice. You know, maybe I'll try to do some YouTube videos, show some behind-the-scenes stuff of that. Uh, That's nice. Uh, Right now, I just, just did a gig in Pembroke Pembroke if you if you go to YouTube I'll probably upload that Pembroke behind the scenes video lovely people in Pembroke a bit disorganized the show was a bit disorganized they didn't really seem to know what the hell was going on but you know what we're professionals we made it work it uh, it kicked ass it was a good time that's how I got my boy the stomach flu and uh, because Pembroke is close to Ottawa so we figured let's take the new baby over to Ottawa and um, meet everybody over there, and then I'll go do my gig. And unfortunately, we came back super sick. 
Although me and Sarah didn't get it because we've probably had st- enough stomach flus in our lives. We got a gig out in uh, Belleville, Belleville on Friday. So it's, I don't think the public can go. It's another one of these fundraiser type things. And for uh, some company, Raise the Woof, where they, they raise money for animal shelters and stuff. Glad I can be helping the world. Even though really I'm just going off and doing my poo jokes and taking a check. I have nothing to do with the charity, but I like to take credit when I can for other people's hard work. See, I just got a phone call. Hey, would you come uh, be the comedian on this show? Yes, I would. If you're going to pay me, thanks so much. It's for a charity organization that helps animals. Oh, super. Glad I'm doing my part. <laughs> even though I didn't even check. Didn't even check. Could, be, could have been a fundraiser for the neo-Nazis. I should look into it before I say yes. But I did. Luckily, it's a nice cause. So that'll be good. I'll be with the great Fraser Young, famous Canadian comedian here. Canada. If you don't know him, look him up. Hilarious man. And Mr. Ryan McGlunnab. Done a lot of gigs with him lately. Great guy. Hilarious. Ryan McGlunnab. Up and covering the comedy scene. He's, uh... He's gonna be big. Gonna be big. Working also on a new CD. I got, uh... Here's the thing. For the Investors Group Tour, that I'm so pleased to be on, guys. Honored, really. For the investors group tour, like they want me to do like 30 to 40 clean minutes. And uh, they're not fucking around. They wouldn't tolerate that sentence. Not fucking around. They wouldn't do it. It's got to be got to be clean. And so I think some of the sexual innuendo, some of, I, I think I got to really clean it up. So I'm looking at my 30 to 40 going, yeah, I can do it. But I might, there's some bits that I might want to swap out for cleaner bits. So I'm working really hard right now. And by working really hard, I mean I'm planning to write some new bits. But I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking, I'm going to like, I'm going to sit down with my iPad. I'm going to listen to some music, maybe at a Starbucks cafe. Hey, maybe I'll get one of those Sumatras, right? Put on my, my headphones, look like a real hipster. You know, is that... Is that what the kids are doing these days? Probably Starbucks is full of just old people now. Old people like like on Facebook. And all the new kids are like, what? We do that coffee where you pour the thing in the colander. And we all have weird man buns. And nobody's on Facebook. Everyone's on Snap Ass or whatever's the new fucking thing. But planning. To write these clean bits. And um, so I'm going to try them out at my home comedy club at Absolute Comedy. And then I'm going to headline. Now this is open to the public. Okay, so you guys listen up. Maybe I should have led with this. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll keep promo on the podcast. It's in August. First week of August, I'm going to headline the comedy club in Toronto at the Absolute Comedy Club. And um, they're going to be shorter sets because they're doing a contest. Like a, you know, trying to best new comic in Toronto or some shit, I don't know. So I'll only have to do 30 minutes instead of my regular 45. And uh, I'm going to use that opportunity to try to have like 30 really clean minutes like I'll do on the Investors Group Tour. And that's great. I'll have a week of working out that material, you know. But I want to I wanna have it ready before that. You know, I don't want to be just writing it on the at the time. That's what you got to do, buddy. 
Like uh, I was talking to Ryan McGlenov about this, actually. He's saying, you know, how do you, like, what's your strategy right now? You know, why? Like he was saying, like, you got to put out a new album, like, every year, you know? Like the Americans, they put out a lot of these albums, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but we're not Americans. So since we're not famous, like, my stuff's not on Netflix. You know, yeah, it's on iTunes, but nobody's listening to it. You know, it gets played on satellite radio, which is great. But it's not like anyone's asking for a DVD or, you know, a Netflix special from me. So if I am writing too much material too quickly, which a lot of these people are doing, man, these, uh, God love him, I love Bill Burr. He's my favorite. You know, uh, it's, it's just they can't churn them out as fast as, as they're doing it. Every year, it's just the quality is just not there. It's not like they're, they're old specials. used. To, now, don't get me wrong. I understand why they're doing it. Netflix is like, we'll give you $30 million if you can get me a, a special by February. Of course, they're going to make that happen. But it's not going to be up to the level that their earlier specials were. It's just that's just the way they don't have enough time to work them out. So I was saying to Ryan, like, so I think we need to concentrate on better stuff. You know, and he said, but Ryan made a good point. He was like, yeah, but if if you do break big, you're going to need the chops to be able to put out more material more quickly. And I'm like, fair enough. But break big, I'm 41 years old. I got two kids. I'm probably not leaving Toronto ever. So, you know, I, this is pretty much my life. So you start thinking, how do you organize things so that it works for you? You know? And uh, honestly, clean material. Like, I hate to admit it, because I love just doing whatever the hell I want on stage. But that is only that's a, that's a small section of society that can handle that. TV doesn't want it. Uh, you know, CBC, you know, their, their radio doesn't want it. TV, radio doesn't want it. This investors group tour, any tour you're doing. If you're clean, if you're a clean comedian, or if you have enough clean material that you can do a really clean show, corporate shows—that's how we make most of our money. Like it, you know, like I'm all these ones I'm talking about—the Pembroke and the Belleville and the other one I did, uh, Aurelia. I did Aurelia recently. No, Mississauga. Like uh, they—they were all corporates, and they prefer clean. So you make way more money by doing these clean corporates. And what's more is you're less stressed out. I'm really stressed out at these clean corporates because I'm always worried that I won't have enough material that I really enjoy doing. And it's a stressful show for me. Whereas if I have a bunch of clean material I like doing, then that's okay. These shows are way less stressful, you know? So I was saying to Ryan, like, what I've got to be focusing on is writing more clean material, you know? And then, yeah, and also trying to put out another album because while satellite radio exists then that's a great way to make some income for me you know and a lot of the comedians here in canada now i i'm assuming they're going to get bought up by apple or google or some shit and satellite radio is going to go down it's all going to be streaming shit and you won't make any money ever again but you know while while the going's good put out another album so that's it that's my plan my plan is not to become a world-famous comedian. In all honesty, I don't really... You guys have heard me talk about this before. I don't really give a shit about being famous anymore. I don't want to be on the road all the time. I don't want the time commitment it takes to be, you know, a big shot. 
I really don't. What I would like to do is be a really good comedian. I'd love to be an excellent comedian by everybody, by you know my own standards. An excellent comedian who makes a lot of money by doing a little bit of work. <laughs> That's is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm on my way. This is a good year. This is the best year I've ever had. You know. So if I can make next year better than this year, fucking look out, boys. Look out. You talk about the fancy cameras I'll be buying. Oh, shit. Do I love that camera hobby? That's really keeping me going. It wakes me up in the day. So nice. I love shooting things and editing things. It's, it's, it's so much fun. Get yourself a hobby. Guys. So thanks so much for listening. I got to go watch this game. And, um, you know, if life throws mentally challenged people at you, shove them to the ground. That's a lesson for you today. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll have your confidence. And then when a girl gets lippy, boom, she can go on her hole too. This is Mark Bennett. I said shut up. Good night.